inside, Kempe dishes in front, another sliding head saved by Flurry, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding, head saved, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Up and running hour number two. Let's get to it as the Golden Knights have landed in Montreal and are ready to get at it against the Canadiens. Although the uh, the ice is booked tonight, so they'll have to wait till tomorrow night to play game number three. At the Bell Centre, where the Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights are uh, looking to break this 1-1 tie after the split at T-Mobile Arena. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman uh, with the VGK Insider Show. We've got some news regarding uh, what Pete DeBoer had to say during his media availability. That's uh, coming up in just a little bit. We'll talk about uh, what Vegas did uh, well, as well as a couple of things that they would like to uh, improve on and tweak going into game number three. But out of the gate, uh, congratulations to Rod Brindamore. I know he's a big fan of the show, listens uh, very regularly over the uh, the stream. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes head coach is the 2021 NHL Coach of the Year, taking home the Jack Adams Award with uh, enough first-place votes uh, to outdistance uh, the other finalists and Dean Evison of the Minnesota Wild and Joel Quenville of the Florida Panthers. Uh, comment on this, and then I'm going to get on a soapbox, and I am going to might might just go off a little bit on, on the awards uh, here uh, in 2021. Okay, so I'm excited for your soapbox because I, I would probably share in your viewpoint. So I'm going to let you take it away. But in terms of Rod Brindamore winning, at least a coach that had a team that was expected to be good and then they were good won this award. That's all I've got. Right. And uh, too many times uh, the coach of the year ends up being the the coach of the most improved team or the surprise team. Now, uh, Gerard Gallant uh, sort of fits that bill uh, with uh, what he did in year number one, but that was so out of left field that uh, that I'll go along with that. The fact that John Cooper didn't win a couple of years ago when they won 62 games was a travesty. And I don't know whether we have to change the the way we look at uh, Coach of the Year. And in the grand scheme of things, who cares? But it is an award, and it's a National Hockey League uh, award. Uh, so so let's uh, dive into it a little bit more. Rod Brindamore wins it with 61 first-place votes. Uh, he was named on the ballot of 115 of 129 voters. So he wasn't even unanimous. That, that, that he got uh, a vote from uh, every ballot. That's, uh, that's an interesting in itself. What really jumps out at me is Jared Bednar of the President's Trophy winning Colorado Avalanche uh, finished fourth. I would, would have thought, and we knew that he wasn't a finalist, so uh, it was going to be interesting where he finished uh, outside of the top three. Uh, and Pete DeBoer, who finished with more wins than Jared Bednar, more wins than Dean Evason in the uh, in the West Division, more wins than anybody else in the, in the National Hockey League this year. Mm-hmm. Where did he end up in the voting? Seventh. And it's not just seventh that yeah. bugs me. It's that there's 129 <laughs> ballots. Yeah. So that's just shy of 130, right, Chapman? Right. So 129 <laughs> ballots math. And, Not my strong point. And Pete DeBoer, do you know how many 
votes he got, how many uh, times he appeared on a ballot. Are you asking rhetorically Seven. or do you want me to actually answer that? Seven. Okay. Rhetorically. Seven of 129 ballots <laughs> in a pandemic in which there's uh, starts and stops and injuries and uh, new players and uh, goaltending. Like, what he did with all of that, and he's only named on seven of 129 ballots and finishes seventh. That is ridiculous. Now, he did get two first-place votes, one second, and four third. I I don't know, and I realize people didn't see every team, but this is the Selkie. You need to see the players to really objectively decide who's the best defensive forward, and that's not going to happen this year. So uh, that's going to be a really interesting uh, situation when the Selkie Trophy um, uh, votes uh, are tabulated and we, we get to see where Mark Stone finishes because that could go honestly anywhere uh, with those yeah. top three. Uh, but Coach of the Year, there's not an easier category to vote on. You look <laughs> at the wins, you look at who was supposed to be good, and you look at who was supposed to be bad, and then you'll go back to you look at the wins. It's pretty yeah. damn simple. And the Vegas Golden Knights, in a 56-game season, finished with the most wins, 40 victories, mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League this year. And Coach Pete DeBoer is named on seven of 129 ballots? Come on. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Like it, It's kind of ridiculous because when you, when you look at good coaching, great coaching. You have to live up to expectations as part of being a good coach, a great coach. And for Pete DeBoer and Jared Bednar, I'll throw Rod Brindamore in. And you know what? I'm even going to throw in Sheldon Keefe, who had expectations with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I'm not talking about the playoffs. I'm talking about the regular season. He delivered, right? So when you have teams that are expected to be good and you get the results, you should be acknowledged for that. And it's kind of ridiculous to me that Pete DeBoer, not more widely acknowledged for the job that he did in coaching a team with expectations to a 40-win season in a 56-game schedule. It's ridiculous. Let me go through some of the votes and give you my opinion. Barry Trotz finished 15th, tied for 15th. They were expected to play well and challenge for the Eastern Division title. I know they're in the Final Four right now, but this is based on regular season. And they finished fourth. I'm okay with that. They yeah. they underachieved based on where they finished. Jeremy Colleton didn't make the playoffs. And they faded down the stretch. <laughs> he finished 14th. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Doesn't, doesn't jive. David Quinn of the New York Rangers. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I apologize here. David Quinn, formerly of the New York Rangers, because he got fired. (laughs) Finished tied for 11th with three points. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, That that was my fault in saying that he was still with the New York Rangers. DJ Smith of the Ottawa Senators. So did DJ Smith get a couple of votes? He got one second and one third. Just because the Ottawa Senators were able to finish the season? 
Wait, is, is that why? Because he got a they, second and a third. DJ Smith. Hey, they got, were a tough out. Get out they of here. They were tough out down were... the stretch. <laughs> yeah. I, for I, who? Vancouver. Chapman. Sarcasm, <laughs> Funk, buddy. Come on. Seriously, DJ Smith. Yeah, getting votes for Coach <laughs> of the Year. I like DJ. He, he he grew up with my wife. Like we we like DJ. Mm-hmm. No business being in the top ten for Coach of the Year. John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning coming off a pandemic Stanley Cup and then going back in and uh, finishing third, tied for eighth. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm all I'm all right with that. If he wins the division, he should be coach of the year because mm-hmm. uh, because of what he had to deal with. But they didn't, so uh, I'm okay. But Pete DeBoer finishes with the most wins. And is only granted 17 points. Like yeah. 17 points. Let me just tell you that that is roughly 415 points behind the winner, Rod Brindamore. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what the heck? Like, this is the easiest award <laughs> to vote on. And, and we managed to mess it up. Dean Evison, great year. Congratulations. Love Dean. Yeah. yeah. They overachieved. But it's not the overachiever award. Joel Quenville, you were supposed to be good last year. You were good this year. But you didn't even win your division. And you finished third ahead of Jared Bednar and Pete DeBoer and Sheldon Keefe, who won the division. Their division. It's, it's mind-boggling to me. How, how this voting ended up. And I'm glad that they're transparent. I really am. Mm-hmm. But this, this whole thing, like there's a coach here in the top 10 that doesn't even have a job. <laughs> and another one who just <laughs> finished the season. He finished last. Did Ottawa finish last in the North? No. Was it Vancouver? So you, well, didn't, I mean... you, you overachieved then. So Ottawa overachieved. So that's why he gets a vote, because they didn't finish last, and we, we didn't think they'd win 10 games all year. Like, how, 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 how does an Ottawa head coach get any votes? How do you, in, your, in, your, in the right frame of mind, put the Ottawa head coach down for coach of the year? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. That, like, like they're, they're improved, but that doesn't make you – one of the best coaches in the league. Like, it's great for Ottawa. Good job. You had some meaningful games. You were able to win some games. But you're not playing with expectations. You're not having to meet a certain criteria that really, really good coaches on great teams have to meet day in and day out. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. I, I, I don't. They won 23 games. They finished one point ahead <laughs> of Vancouver. They allowed 190 hey goals. Hey Chapman. Yeah. How many uh how many wins did the Montreal Canadiens have? <laughs> I'm not gonna answer that. <laughs> no, no, no. Answer they, the question. They had one more. Twenty four wins. Twenty four. With a minus nine goal differential. But I don't see Dominic Ducharme on this list. Wasn't I think he had a losing record. <laughs> yeah. But John Hines. John Cooper and DJ Smith (laughs) 
finished with the same number of points in voting for Coach of the Year. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Like if you're gonna win, if you're gonna vote for somebody for Coach of the Year, with all due respect, that that coach has to make the playoffs. No, we, I agree we, with you. 100%. We had the debate about MVP and uh, can can the person win the Hart Trophy if they don't make mm-hmm. the playoffs? Well, I yeah. I think like honestly, there's some gray area there if they go out and do what Connor McDavid did this year and you still don't make the playoffs. I think you can be a finalist. You can, you can, you can get some votes there. But when your job is to coach the team, and you don't make the playoffs, you can't. You should be immediately eliminated from any consideration for coach of the year. No, I agree with you one hundred percent. But I also don't look at the Jack Adams as a most improved award. At least that's not how I tend to view no. it or how I would vote on it. I vote. I would vote on it as. Show me the team that was supposed to be the best team in the league. And then if that team is the best team in the league, that coach should win coach of the year. Because if it takes the expectations that come with being a great team. And if you're able to do it, like John Cooper was able to do it when the Lightning won 62 games, then that is a coach of the year. It's not, it's not hard. No. It's not hard. Like Quenville was good this year. They finished second, but they were supposed to be good last year, and and yeah. they improved uh, well over last year. I, listen, Jeremy Colleton, I think did a, a good job because I wasn't sure he was going to be back, and and yeah. they made a run, and I didn't expect them to make a run, but they didn't make the playoffs. And just as an aside, my watch just buzzed in and told me to breathe. So I. I hey, <laughs> Maybe there's something to these smart watches. I actually showed Chapman. I'm like the the watch is telling me to breathe. Yeah, deep breath, man. Is it is it tell like does it say deep breath? Like no, really? it says breathe. It says breathe. Yeah. Huh. Your top this five. This is the most fired up you've been. Well, it's just it it it's always bugged me. Coach of the year award. Yeah. And voting, but this one is in a pandemic. I thought that there would be. A little bit of logic to it, given that not everybody was able to see the team, and you don't have to see the teams. You just look at the damn records. That's 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 your first problem. Assuming logic. Open up the newspaper what, or go to NHL.com. What are you doing? Just look at the records. So your top five: Brenda Moore, Carolina; Evison, Minnesota; Quenville, Florida; mm-hmm. four: Jared Bednar, Colorado; and number five: Mike Sullivan, Pittsburgh. No Pete DeBoer <laughs> yeah. in the top five. No Sheldon Keefe in the top five. And I'm on record. I'm not the biggest Sheldon Keefe fan. But he yeah. deserved to be in the top five. Who am I taking out? I'm taking out Quenville. I'm taking out Sullivan. Sullivan. I'm taking out yeah. Sullivan. Yeah, but he won the like, division. He won a very tough division. He did. I'll take out Everson. Fair enough. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm with, I'm with Darren. Like the first one you take out is Quinville, right? Yeah. I, and then, I, I mean, if you're, it's interesting because with Mike Sullivan, right? They win the division, which is is a feather in his cap, and they did it with uh, some significant injuries. So that is is something that you kind of give to Mike Sullivan in in terms of belonging in that conversation. And you know, you look at Pete DeBoer and, and the Golden Knights. Like we know the salary cap crunch that this team was was under. They they've done a lot of this season 
unconventional things, whether it be 13 forwards and five defensemen, whether it be playing shorthanded multiple times, playing short three guys in a game essentially for the President's Trophy, like the job Pete DeBoer has done with some of the limitations that were there um, this regular season and still winning 40 games and tying for the best record in the league is is better than a seventh place finish in coach of the year. It just simply is. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad now that they didn't win the game that uh, Pete and company were on the sidelines. Yeah. Because if, uh, if Kelly and Manny and, and everybody would, would have won that game, Pete, Pete wouldn't have cracked the top 10. <laughs> if like qu- serious question, if, if Kelly would have won that game, um, Sixth. Does Pete DeBoer get does Does he get any votes? No. Kelly might finish ahead of yeah. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly McCrim and Jack Adams win. Yeah. Hey, don't be careful what I say. Undefeated. Got to give it to him. Uh, right? That's a I that's do... a one hundred percent win percentage. Come yes. on. I want to keep my job with the chirp in the NHL. Better not say anymore. I like this, Darren Millard. You're fun, but it's just it's it's logic. I well, yes, I I I'm here. I'm with you. I I, I get it. But your first mistake is that. I'm looking at 15 coaches <laughs> who got votes. <laughs> 15 coaches. There's only 31 teams, Chad. <laughs> How do fifteen? How do fifteen coaches get a vote for coach of the year? You know who the most disappointed guy is right now? Lindy Ruff, because he didn't get any votes. He he he's, he's feels left out because apparently you don't really have to do too much to get a vote. Like, Travis Green. Who are who are the coaches that didn't get a vote? Travis Green. Did John did John Hines get a vote? Calgary Calgary he, had two coaches. John, John Hines got a vote. Okay. John Hines. A yeah, vote? John Hines got as many votes as Paul, John Cooper and DJ. Paul Maurice didn't get any vote. Montreal, <laughs> Montreal didn't get a vote. Um, Jersey didn't get a vote. <laughs> I'm assuming Elaine Vigneault probably did not get a vote. No. No. I mean, that's logical. Yeah. Well, he shouldn't have. Uh, San Jose <laughs> didn't get a vote. Phoenix didn't get a vote. Uh, LA, didn't, LA get didn't, didn't get a vote. Tortorella probably did not get Anaheim a vote. Anaheim didn't get a vote. Jeff Blaschel? I'm, I'm texting uh, Dallas Eakins right now and say, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like, you need to get why a PR. Didn't, why didn't you get a vote? <laughs> like, oh. 15, this is fantastic. 15 different coaches got votes for Coach of the Year. And one of them doesn't even have a job. <laughs> and and one, two, didn't make the playoffs. John Hines did. And that one, like, he, sh- quite frankly. He probably should have gotten more. More, yeah. Because that team was, was yeah. dead in the water. But they were yeah. dead in the water with them. Yeah, and so, then, but he, he, he turned them around. He got them in the playoffs. He deserves I, a lot of credit I for mean, that. I mean, listen. I'm not going to sit here and say that John Hines doesn't deserve credit, but if we're to, if we're looking for who deserves credit for the Nashville Predators getting into the playoffs, it's UC Soros. Like, let's be honest here. But how does how does Sheldon Keefe finish 
with uh, Sheldon Keefe didn't get a single first place vote, which is actually kind of comforting. Given the center of the hockey of the <laughs> yeah, hockey universe, no, no, no biased media in <laughs> yeah, Toronto. So that's that's somewhat I, comforting to me that I, he didn't get a single first place vote. But Dave Tippett gets mm-hmm. gets three votes, three third place votes, and that's it. And he's got like the best player in the game, and and coached the best player in the game to a miraculous season. And he finished five points behind Toronto. Toronto. So <laughs> so. In in terms of Sheldon Keefe, like I, I I think that there were a lot of people that were just like, well, we know what they're going to do in the playoffs, so it's going to look really silly if we give them a bunch of first place votes and then they lose in the first round again. Fair, fair. Yeah, but that 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 shouldn't but, come I mean, into play it, though. It, sh- it shouldn't. Like it shouldn't. But I I I don't think that that that's that far off, right? Like there's transparency here. So yeah, there's there's probably a little bit of a, of an agenda too. For me, again, for me, like Pete DeBoer being seventh, based on this season for the Golden Knights, is ridiculous. And it like you do it, you do it over again. Your top three should be Rod, Brendan Moore, and and this is in no particular order: Pete DeBoer and Jared Bednar. Those three teams were were so good when they were expected to be good this year. That's your top three. Those are your three best coaches. And, like, I'm, I don't have any time for the argument, well, they coach really good teams. Anybody could do it. That's not true. I think it's harder. I, I agree. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I think the argument that anybody could coach the Tampa Bay Lightning or anybody could coach the Vegas Golden Knights or anybody could coach the Colorado Avalanche, I don't buy that at all. I think it takes a certain person to be able to have great talent and get them to another level. And if it was so easy, anybody would be able to do it. And that's not the case. Strangely, 27 minutes into this rant, I should admit <laughs> that I don't have an issue with Rod Brindamore winning Coach of the Year. I'm fine Neither with, do I. I'm fine with that. But the rest of it, as I look at the voting, is stupid. That did not sound good. It's my crackers and stuff. What? I, I've learned how you to... Just uh, throw- I just dropped my phone. Did you on just the, throw uh, something? No, I just dropped my phone <laughs> on the counter. I've learned not to throw my phone because, well, that's wait, just plain wait silly. A how how off? Like how many times did you have to learn that lesson before you really learned that lesson? Eh, maybe once. Was it about was was the first time another Jack Adams? No rant. No. <laughs> no, I, I'm not even going to pay attention to the. Like if if you screw up this one, <laughs> I can't wait to see the selkie. Oh man, that's tomorrow, buddy. Ooh, that's oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Are you ready? I, I forgot. It's on another game day. Remember the the finalists yeah. were uh, announced on a game day, and yeah, the logical question to Mark is asking about being a finalist, and he was having no part of it. Like it was focused uh-huh. on on the game. If yep. he wins tomorrow. Wonder what he'll say. I think he's got a real shot at winning that tomorrow. Or let me say, I mean I did before today. Does yeah, someone... I think this year's just so interesting because you know, this I don't I don't know, man. Here's the here's the thing. Ridiculous. Does someone ask if Mark speaks to the media tomorrow, is someone gonna ask him about that? I think he only speaks if he wins the award. Yeah. After the game? No, I think before. Yeah. Oh yeah, after the game, right? Because it'll be a five o'clock uh, start. Yeah, five o'clock start. Good point. 
Um, if you had, a, if if you did the vote, same voting here, and then I'm done on this, mm-hmm. for most the president's trophy winning team. Do you think Colorado would have won it? Sorry, ask that again. But I know, I know, you're confused because it's a confusing question. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what? They won the President's Trophy for most points in a tiebreaker. But I bet you if you put it to a vote, mm-hmm. you would have got like six teams for the President's Trophy. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Gotcha. Okay. Thank well you. Well done. Thank you. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back with one-timers and uh, also a little bit uh, uh, Pete DeBoer <laughs> on uh, his media availability ahead of Game 3 tomorrow. It's the VGK Insider Show. Breathe. Fox Sports Las Vegas. On to the near wing. Big shot and he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the BGK Insider Show. So the uh, the finalists for Manager of the Year, the Jim Gregory Award uh, for General Manager of the Year have been released. Mark Bergevin, Montreal Canadiens, Lou Lamorello, New York Islanders, and Bill Zito of the Florida Panthers. This is a, I don't mind these finalists. Lou Lamorello did so much at the trade deadline in adding to his team. And Mark Bergevin changed coaches uh, with that difficult decision and also added to his roster significantly before and during the season. Zito made some adjustments to his, to his roster, but uh, I think this comes down to Lou Lamorello and Mark Bergevin. I've actually voted on this I, award or contributed to this award in the past. I think you're absolutely right, and I am 100% on board with Bergevin and Lou Lamorello as being kind of one-two. I don't really care, to be honest, like which direction it goes, but you know, Mark Bergevin, the moves that he made in the offseason at the trade deadline – um, are, I think, a big reason why the Montreal Canadiens are where they're at right now in the Final Four. And Lou Lamarillo has won the trade deadline two years in a row. And, and I don't think it's it's all that close with, with J.G. Pajot and, and how well he's he's fit in for the Islanders. And then Kyle Palmieri just scoring big, big goals for the Islanders in this run. So um, I think two, two, those two guys are, are 100% where they're supposed to be. It's interesting that I have more uh, wiggle room with with this award than Coach of the Year because the Islanders, uh, at the start of the season, were expected to challenge for that division, and they, they didn't in the end. But I love what uh, what uh, Lou Lamorella did at the, the deadline, and Bergevin finished fourth, and I loved what he did at the start of the season and adding to his roster, becoming bigger and faster. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, and I think you know, as a general manager, like part of part of your job throughout the season is to see where your team is against expectations, and then try to identify ways in which you can get them to where you need them to be come playoff time. And you're seeing with Mark Bergevin and Lou Lamarillo, they were able to adjust and do that during the season. Uh, there's a player poll that's been released by the NHLPA. You were first on this uh, off air. Uh, Sidney Crosby and Patrice Bergeron tying in voting Mm -hmm. for the most complete player in the NHL. Yep. I'm good with it. Like, now, does that mean Sidney Crosby can win, like, the next seven Selkies or no? 
I'm actually shocked that he's not a finalist for the Selkie. There was a lot of chatter about him in the Selkie conversation at the start of the year. Uh, Barkov and uh, Mark Stone are Selkie finalists, uh, along with uh, Bergeron. But So, I got to ask you guys this, because this, this player poll is pretty awesome. I, I find it very interesting. Um, because I'll off, like as we talked about with PJ Stock, right? Like he's pushed back on players that, that say Carey Price is the best goalie in the world. So who do you think, as voted on by the players, the best goalie is right now? Uh, by voting? Yeah, by voting. Vasilevsky. That's where I'm going to. Yeah, and it's not even particularly close. It's mm-hmm. 54% of the vote for Andre Vasilevsky. Wow. Marc-Andre Fleury comes in second at 8.88% of the vote, and then it's Carey Price at 825 So um, a changing of the guard, so to speak, with Andre Vasilevsky. Hold it. Vasilevsky got 54% of the vote, and yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury was second with 8% of the vote? Oh, my. That's, that's correct. Goodness. Yep. Now that, I don't think that... Uh, will influence the Vesna Trophy. I, I, or I, I don't think that's an indicator of the Vesna Trophy uh, voting, that there'll be that big of a gap. Vasilevsky may win uh, the Vesna, yeah. but I don't think that there's anywhere close to being that kind of gap, uh, 54 to 8% uh, of votes uh, when it comes to when the Vesna Trophy votes are announced. I'm a bit surprised that Hellebuck didn't finish above Carey Price. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Um, but there's there's something about players and Carey Price, man. Like there's there's something about the the way that players view Carey Price and, and what he's able to do. That you know, I, I think Connor Hellebuck's probably a, a couple of seasons away from getting into that echelon when it comes to goalies. He may be Team USA's goaltender at, at the Olympics uh, against Carey Price or Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, next year if the National Hockey League participates. Uh, on the subject of Carey Price, you know, he made history last night. That was his ninth playoff win this year. Mm-hmm. That's the most he's ever recorded in a single postseason year. Was uh, was the ninth win last night. I, yeah. I would actually not be... I'm actually not surprised by that because the reality is Montreal really has not been all that great, his, his, his tenure there, but... Would have thought maybe he would have had double digits once. but Well, he's been to the third round a couple of times. Yeah. One was Halak carried uh, a lot of that. Ah, and yeah. uh, the other time they got swept mm. in in the third round. That was against Tampa Bay, I believe. Uh, Austin Matthews voted as the best goal scorer ahead of Capitals forward Alexander Ovechkin. So, yeah, so all that's... those goals, like we're talking... Yeah! <laughs> We're talking about Ovechkin chasing down Wayne Gretzky for most goals all time. And mm-hmm. Austin Matthews wins the Rocket Richard once, and all of a sudden he's the best. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's, but, uh, I wasn't uh, but here's my that. Here's my favorite part about it, right? So Austin Matthews voted the best goal scorer right now in the game over Alex Ovechkin, but Alex Ovechkin still has the best shot, according to players. Hmm. They got one of the two right. Uh, Victor Hedman, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, best defenseman <laughs> for the third straight year. That's not surprising. And, no. And, but but here's the thing. Like, the 
if we thought Andre Vasilevsky was like a far and away favorite, Victor Hedman kind of shatters everything. Sixty-four point seven one percent of the vote. Who got second? Roman Yossi. Uh, Roman Yossi Ooh. and Kale McCarr tied with seven point three five percent of the vote, and technically coming in third because those two players tied. None other than Drew Doughty. Yes. By the Drew way, Doughty. They dominated the game. This is a player poll. And remember, yes. like, the players didn't see. They only saw their own division. <laughs> and I don't know how many, like, how many Mark Scheifele's or Mark Stones are there where they watch hockey every night. Uh, so um, this is, uh, <laughs> there's uh, not a grain of salt in this. We're talking salt shaker. Yes. In the, in the voting uh, here. And that's why you've got uh, the big discrepancy. Uh, do we have uh, time for any Pete DeBoer here? Well, one or two. Uh, Pete DeBoer, uh, media availability after they landed in Montreal today. Uh, talking about uh, Petrangelo and uh, his scoring uh, prowess in the last couple of games. Shea Theodore also finding the net. Alec Martinez. And uh, talked about uh, the scoring from the defense compared to the forwards in the uh, series against Montreal. You know, I, I think every series is different. Um you know, I think there's always ebbs and flows to your scoring. Sometimes the defensemen are chipping in. Sometimes it's a forward. Sometimes it's the power play. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not. Uh, you know, I don't see it as a season series trend. I, I think our forwards are going to score. I think think we've created some good looks. So uh, we just got to stick with it. Uh, and they are getting good looks. It's it's the reversal of the first round series where they weren't getting scoring from defensemen, and everybody's going, "Why are they getting scoring from defensemen?" Now the comment is, <laughs> "Why are they getting scoring from their forwards?" They had some good looks from the forwards last night, really good looks. Yeah, I, they they really did. And and again, I, I think that it's just one of those situations where you're you're gonna need one to go, and once it does, I, I think the Golden Knights are gonna be just fine. But um, you know, it, it's still a series for Vegas in, in two games that they've scored six goals on Carey Price. So for me, like that's, that's a positive trend. That's, that's moving in the right direction. You've just got to find a way uh, to get a little bit more. That's all. I know there's uh, good games and there's down games. If they average three goals a game against the Montreal Canadians, they win the series. That's, I, that's I my guarantee. And this uh, one more from Pete uh, on Colasar and Wa stepping in in the absence of Chandler Stevenson last night. Yeah, you know those two young guys did a great job for us. You know it's a big it's a big ask by us to uh, to uh, for them to jump into those spots in the conference finals. You know down to the final 14. So it's a big responsibility. But I, I thought I thought both guys have earned the opportunity, and and I thought both guys played really well again last night for us so um you know you look at uh montreal and they've got young players playing pretty key situations for them too in spots i think uh, if you're going to go on any kind of deep run I, I think you have to have to be able to rely on your depth and, and those guys are, are are good depth players for us chandler stevenson day to day if he can't go tomorrow night i wonder if colasar goes back into that number one hole or they make uh, some other lineup decisions yeah i i i mean that's such a tough one right yeah. because I, I think the best version of alex tuck comes with nick wah and matthias yanmark so do you want to break that line up because you know i think you can kind of 
put Matias Janmark between Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone and, and probably get a, a really good line out of that. But then what do you do in terms of, of your third line and, and how much are you kind of weakening your depth down the down the lineup? So the way Keegan Colasar played with Pacioretty and Stone, I, I think you can probably go back to that well uh, for game three. Uh, and, and you still have two lines that are intact that have been very good for the Golden Knights in the playoffs. Well, uh, he made the right move last night in putting Keegan Colasar up. And that's what you get when you've got the seventh coach uh in voting for the nhl coach of the year <laughs> number seven he made the great move last night but it's only seven uh, we're gonna take a break and come back with final thoughts from the vgk insider show on fox sports las vegas interact with the guys on twitter follow them at darren millard and at ryan the hockey guy this is the vgk insider show this is where the dj talks don't say anything okay yeah uh-huh Chapman's best pull ever right here. <laughs> okay. Good day and welcome to our single. I'm Bob McKenzie and this is my brother Doug. How's it going, eh? Beauty, eh? Yeah, I like that. Okay. Okay, okay everyone. This record was my idea. Get out. It was. You're lying. Pete Hosehead here just sort of rid on my coattail. Why are you doing this? It was our idea together, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. We agreed to, to Bob say and Doug that, McKenzie. Bob and Doug McKenzie, strange brew. Take off. And that's Getty Lee from Rush singing with them. Uh, that's got to be 30 years old. Probably more than that. 25 years old. SCTV, right? Rick Moranis. Uh, is uh, one of the two of them. I don't know whether he's Bob or Doug, but that is awesome. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to be nice to you for the next, well, next week. 48 all, seconds? No, yeah. all next week, okay? okay. <laughs> all next week. I won't do anything. You should have said... You should have said the rest of the week because we're not we don't have a show tomorrow. <laughs> oh, right. We don't have a show tomorrow. No, no. I got you on the hook for a week now. <sighs> uh, so you're preempting Chapman and I tomorrow. Yeah, I am. You're welcome, <laughs> Las Vegas. Oh, that's good. Wow. Uh, that's uh, that's very good. Well, you know what? Uh, what are we going to do tomorrow? What do you want to do tomorrow, Chapman? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch a game on TV. A little in and out? Should we uh, yeah. in and go out's for a good. burger? Yeah, yeah. Burgers are good. You, me, and uh, Chapman, do the you family? Want the, do you want the answer to Dom Ducharme's record? 9 and 16. Uh, you're absolutely wrong. No, uh, 15 wins, 16 losses, oh. and seven overtime or shootout losses. Wow. Didn't get a vote for Coach of the Year. He should uh, not. 487 points did. percentage. But DJ Smith gets votes for Coach of the Year. <laughs> Hold on. Now I want to look up DJ Smith. 15 coaches <laughs> got votes for Coach of the Year. <laughs> and two of them didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> One of them doesn't have a job. And one of them got fired. Dom Ducharme had a higher points percentage than DJ Smith. <laughs> My goodness. It's a travesty. It's a travesty hey, Ducharme's not on that Sophie list. The award is going to be a reveal tomorrow. Maybe it's a good thing we're not in the air tomorrow if Stone doesn't win that thing. <laughs> Wow. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. Five o'clock start. Pre-game show at four on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Game three.